Welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast. I'm Banana Twin number one, Ordo, and he is Banana Twin number two, Cardwiz. Build an army. Trust no one, except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast. And my good friend Ordo, 2020 is at last behind us, and a new horizon is dawning. A dawning of 2021 with maybe new Fire Emblem news, hopefully. But hopefully there will be brighter tomorrow, but... What's that I see on the horizon? Is that is that about 10,000 random army members charging at? Ah, I'm not going to worry about them. We'll take them out with a few slashes. We'll talk about that later. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the last year. Let's talk about what were your favorite games that you played this year? I was actually trying to pick, you know, what, what my favorite games or what my standout games of the year were. Um, but I played two that were released in 2020 and one in 2019. Two of them that were in 2020, and those were the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Persona 5 Royal. And that 2019 game was a game that you've heard Card was talking about before, and that was I Somnium Files. Or Ooh. I the Somnium Files. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you played that, that one. That one is such a fun little gem. You were right. Porno Mag indeed. Porno Mag. Uh, only in that game does the Porno Mag give you superpowers, or at least I think that's the only game. <laughs> I'd ask our supporters to send us any other games that have that power, but I don't think I want the results. The, the only results you need for that were probably going to be found on Steam. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, other than other than that honorable mention, um, Persona 5 Royal and Final Fantasy VII Remake were games that just really sucked me in this year. And I was trying to think, you know, is, is one of these games above the other? They're kind of both, you know, existing properties i'm like final fantasy 7 remake does this and persona 5 does that so i was like whatever they're both kind of my game of the year so they are both excellent games final fantasy 7 remake in my opinion had my favorite boss literally one of my all-time favorite boss fights which is when you're fighting the house <laughs> in the arena at one point actually hold on, let me let me let me stop you there don't spoil it because it's still a new it's still a new game i will just say it, it is amazing all of Chapter 9 it, is amazing. It's literally one of my all-time favorite boss fights in that game. But I just, I can't have Final Fantasy VII Remake as my game of the year because I just, that battle system never fully clicked with me. It, it's good. It, it, it's a better version of what Final Fantasy XV did. And I hated what Final Fantasy XV did. Same. With their just like, I'm going to hold the button down and you just sort of attack and occasionally you can tell yourself to teleport over there and do things. I, I, I hate Final Fantasy XV. I really, 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 really do. And I'm glad that Final Fantasy VII Remake does not have, just did a much, much, much better job with that battle system. But I still didn't like it quite enough to make that my game of the year. Like you said Persona 5 Royal and... I love myself some Persona games. Persona 5 was my game of the year in 2017, I think. Sorry, Fire Emblem Warriors. I think I'd give it to Royal this year, too, but there were other amazing games I played this year. Yakuza Like a Dragon, another amazing turn-based RPG with great characters. A very cool job system. Compelling Yakuza story that is very long-winded, but it's Yakuza, so you know it's going to be like that. But my sleeper hit, which is... Also, because it be my game of the year, is Hades. I love me some roguelike games, and that is the best one I have ever played. I, I'm ready to put that one above Gungeon and Isaac, which I never thought I'd say, but Hades is just so fun 
beautiful with great audio. I love that game so much. But my game of the year is still Persona 5 Royal because I love that game. I will say Hades has some impressive art, though. I do love those characters. I haven't seen all the characters, but I've seen some of those character designs. They look really good. The character designs are wonderful, and the internet loves them as well, I will say. And, and sort of sort of a plus side, and it's for uh, the company that made it. I believe it's Supergiant Games. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Supergiant, they, they make good games. Yeah, they didn't crunch their people to make this game. Supergiant just seems to be like one of the legit best developers out there. They did Bastion, which is another amazing game. They did Transistor, which I hear really good things about. I just never tried. They did Pyre, which is a game I can't believe got made. I love it because it's a it's a sports game RPG sort of thing, Ooh. or like it's a story based sports game where you're playing as all these people in this fantasy sort of world, and the sport you're playing is a religious rite. And you play the game, and you ascend your characters to heaven, basically, if you win the championship. But you you only send one of your players, so it's just like, do I send my best player because they deserve to go to to, to go to the afterlife? Or I, I think that's how it worked. I, it's been a while since I've played Pyre, but Pyre is just such a weird game that I can't believe it got made, and I love that it's made because it's also beautiful and awesome and plays well because that's all Super Giant does. And their magnum opus right now is Hades, and Hades is near, a near-perfect game. If I didn't love Persona 5 Royal as much as I did, that would be hands down my game of the year. I cannot recommend that game enough. Cool, cool. Well, I guess that means we'll uh, go ahead and move on. Uh, Cardos, would you believe that we are not the epitome of Fire Emblem knowledge? Whoa, 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 whoa. It seems we, we get some stuff wrong sometimes. So we got a couple of corrections here based on our last episode. Our first one here is from uh, Bueno at CSBgood98 on Twitter. He goes, he goes, hey, love the newest episode. That being said, I think it makes sense for Edelgard not to be dominating in that route. I haven't gotten there in a Crimson Flower run myself, but unless I'm mistaken, isn't Rhea free in helping the church during those five years that Byleth is asleep? And uh, I, that one kind of hit me. I was just like, holy crap, I completely forgot about that. That's probably the big difference between, you know, Edelgard completely dominating in the other routes and her not dominating in the um, Crimson Flower route. Yes, having a giant holy dragon who can lead the nation morally is a strong weapon. The only downside I would say to that is they should have shown this. They should have. Sh- yeah, I yeah. talked about it last time. There is no cutscene there for Crimson Flower, and we needed to see a cutscene of Rhea just charged by the rage of the betrayal of Byleth, just wrecking house. Just It's just a case of, like, I wish they had shown us this, because then it would have stuck out in my mind more, but, like, that is a very valid and probably correct tweet. Thank you for the correction. And then I've got another one here. I For whatever reason, I've lost the, I've lost the tweet. Um, but it's from William O., who's uh, commented on us before, at Not in Freaky. And he actually mentions that we do get to see Byleth and Jurita take on the take on those at Slither in the Dark if you have their S support. Like, that's their ending CG is them fighting them. Yes, that is true. I've seen that still shot. I forgot that that was actually Slither in the Dark, that they were fighting in that still shot. But I, I've, I've never gotten that S support. I've actually never played Crimson Flowers since they added Jurita in with the patch. So maybe that'll be my next playthrough when I go back to Three Houses. Yeah. Um, well, I got a couple of uh, technical corrections from here, um, from um, me. Uh, the first one is that I stated that Leone 
was one of my favorite um, designs for the time skip because I was trying to keep with this whole, you know, one character per house, blah, blah, blah. And I completely forgot about Petra. Petra is amazing looking in her time skip design. So uh, I'm replacing Leone with Petra retroactively. Uh, chapter, our 18th episode, or chapter 18, however you want to phrase it, you may notice that the Path of Radiance transition music, which is the Dark Knight's theme, is not in the game. And um, the reason for that is that, for some reason, that song kept messing up the file. I don't know what it is. I would put, the, I would put that song in, and then the file would not upload. i take it out, it would upload just fine. And I tried putting it in different formats and all this other stuff. And I just eventually had to say, forget it. I can't put it in. So that's why there's no actual transition music in there. And finally, this Mac, this this may surprise you. Um, Cardwiz, it's a correction on you. Oh, what? I, I've never been wrong, though. Well, you were uh, you were mistaken this time about something that we said during our playthrough. What did I say that was is allegedly incorrect? This correction comes in from Ike of the Grail Mercenaries. I know, hey, I don't know how it happened. But you basically said that he was not a good businessman. And Ike here says, to fight for the people, not for money. That is my desire. Hey, I'm sorry. He he said it to me in Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I, did, I said, Ike, please, some sympathy. And he said, you'll get no sympathy from me. And I, I had to send it to you. I'm sorry. All right, all right. I I've made my case for why Ike is not the best business leader, and I will have a little bit more on him once we get to the Path of Radiance section about his business acumen. All right. Oh man, let's really dive into it though. So, what are we talking about today? Oh man. Oh man. A little thing called Fire Emblem Warriors. Let's take a trip back in time, years and years ago, back all the way to January 2017. We had just learned in the last few weeks that this NX that Nintendo had been working on is now called the Switch and is, has this crazy power of like drawing people to rooftop parties to play uh, NBA 2K and such with friends. It was a bizarre time. We didn't really know what the future of Nintendo held. And then they held their Switch announced press conference event. And it was one of the greatest <laughs> press conferences I've ever seen. We got to see the first looks at games like Xenoblade 2. We got to see the first looks at Mario Odyssey. And we got to see the slightest tease of something called Fire Emblem Warriors. They they literally showed the title and Krom reaching for the Falchion. And that's all we got. Although they did release an extended trailer which showed Krom fighting people for like five seconds. Great extended trailer, guys. But we learned what the future of Fire Emblem would be. They said a mainline Fire Emblem game would be in the works down the road, but in the immediate future, in 2017, the first Fire Emblem game on a Nintendo console since the Wii would be Fire Emblem Warriors? Kind of, what? Kind of, it's so funny to really think about because I remember playing Hyrule Warriors uh for the Wii U thinking, man, this would work great with Fire Emblem. There's so many different classes and it naturally lends itself to that belief. And then I remember the Fire Emblem, I'm sorry, the Hyrule Warriors developers being like, oh, man, I want to work on a Mario Warriors next. And I immediately put my head in my hand. I was like, no, please, no, Fire Emblem, come on. 
And sure enough, you know, all those years later, they're like, yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors. Koei Techno, Team Ninja, and it was and Intelligent Systems. I believe it was the three of them got together and they produced this game. And honestly, I can't believe that it happened, but I'm glad that it did because it, it, it's it fits the world of of warriors just running around slashing through things. It worked in Hyrule Warriors. It worked in other warrior spinoffs like the One Piece Warriors. It worked well in Gundam Warriors. And we got a Fire Emblem version. This should be amazing. This should be my favorite thing ever because I love both Warriors games or most Warriors games and I love Fire Emblem. So it is now October. The game has released and we have our first Fire Emblem game on a new Nintendo console. You boot it up and you start out as playing as the two legendary heroes of Fire Emblem lore, Rowan and Liana, the Aetolisian, is that how I say it? Aetolisian, something like that. The two famous Fire Emblem lords, Liana and Rowan, with their yellow hair and their swords as they fight with each other about who's going to be the ruler of the kingdom. And then, of course, because it's a Fire Emblem game, everything goes wrong. The parent gets captured, and they I don't think the parent actually died in this game. Betrayal. I know. That was a betrayal. This, this, that's how you knew this game went off the rails. The parent didn't die. Although, they don't have a father, so, hey, we're okay. The mother, there's an attack upon their kingdom by a neighboring friend. The mother gives them a shield of some sort and tells them, you have to get the stones go save the world, something like that, yada, yada, yada. And how are they going to get these stones? Portals! As we welcome. The main mechanic of the game, just portals coming in and dropping off our friends from Fire Emblem games of yore. All the classic Fire Emblem characters from Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, all the classic characters from Fire Emblem Awakening, all the classic characters from Fire Emblem Fates, Fates and Fates. And all the classic characters from well that well that's about it. But you're you but you got these characters from these three games and you're gonna like it. And with power of teamwork, friendship, love, they fight each other for like fifteen chapters because of comic misunderstandings, but they eventually team up and defeat the bad guys and their friend who is possessed by a dragon and stuff like that. And that is the story of Fire Emblem Warriors. Is bad. I, I'm not going to bash it too hard because it's a Warriors game, and it's like I like I love Warriors games, but like the stories are I've never played a good a good story in a Warriors game, so I'm I'm not going to bash it that much. Well, I think my biggest problem with the story is that it takes too much from its source games, which would be Fates and Awakening. Like, okay, in the opening to Awakening, you you find Robin on the ground, and it's just like, oh, hey, you're sleeping there on the ground. I am Crom. And then the same thing happens here, but it's Rowan instead of Robin. Or, like, yeah. you have, like, what is it, where the one of the Banana Twins gets sick in the middle of the story? Which is, that's taken exactly from Fates. Yeah, this game is heavy on the fan service from, especially from Awakenings and Fates. And, they, and Shadow Dragon I, doesn't show up to almost the very end. It, it does the lame thing where there's just like some sort of misunderstanding and they fight each other and it takes a long time for everyone's friends and just, it, it just happens. You, you know, the story's going to go like that. Push it aside, push it aside. It's a warrior story. It doesn't matter, but it's your story. It's there. 
I don't know why we have the Banana Twins. I think I don't know why there are these original characters here who mean nothing. It's so weird because a lot of people brought up, you know, I, I remember at the time people brought up, you know, why instead of the Banana Twins did you not just use like Alphonse and Sharina? Because Fire Emblem Heroes was pretty new at this point in time as well. And Alphonse uses the sword and Sharina, I keep saying Sharina, but uh, Sharina uses a lance. And I want to say the developer said that they felt that initially that's what they designed was characters similar to that. But then they said, well, they're too similar to the heroes characters. So let's go in a completely different direction. And uh, that's how we ended up with the Banana Twins. It's disappointing, but at least the Banana Twins play well. When I play Fire Emblem Warriors, I actually like playing them from a combat style. I hate playing them because it's like, why am I playing these bananas? Let, let's go into the actual combat and the battle mechanics of Fire Emblem Warriors because I believe that that is where this game shines brighter than any other Fire Emblem game, or not Fire Emblem, any other Warriors game. I love the strategy of this Fire Emblem Warriors game because this game incorporates the weapons triangle and the AI characters are... I won't say smart, but they're smarter than other Warriors games where you can actually effectively direct them around the field and the characters are actually, the characters actually feel and move really fast. Unlike some other Warriors games, like the Hyrule Warrior game, the characters don't feel fast there. Even the new Age of Calamity, the characters still feel slow. I love how fast you feel in Fire Emblem Warriors as you dart around the map, destroying wave after wave after wave of faceless enemies. I love that. Oh, my favorite thing was, like, if you have a character that's on a horse, like Frederick or Xander, you can tell them, hey, go to the base and protect the base. And they will actually protect the base. And they can even level up on their own, too. Another great mechanic. Like, all of the, all of the characters are individually leveling up. Leveling up. As you're playing as Robin, you might get the Fire Emblem ding, 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 for Frederick as he's hit a new level. Just a little thing I love, because, like, oh... I'm actually progressing other characters while I'm doing my own thing. It's just a nice little touch because the other Warriors games don't. If they have that, it doesn't feel like they have that. I'm pretty sure they don't have that. Well, Hyrule Warriors Legends, which was the 3DS port plus like new content, has it where you can direct people? It, it has it where you can direct people and actually switch between the characters, which the one on the Wii U did not have. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't think the other characters are leveling up on their own as they're as they're battling. No, no. And I don't I, I don't believe they battle that effectively, if I remember correctly. They like don't. this one, it actually feels that they're not great, but slightly competent. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, no, no AI is going to be, you know, racking up the damage and stuff like you are, because that would be probably a little, <laughs> a little insane. But they but they do do a competent job. Now, sometimes they can get overwhelmed and then, you know, sometimes you got to step in and you know, help out. But like, for the most part, if you direct them to a place, because the maps will have different objectives, like, Oh, find this over here or make sure you protect that. And you can actually send them to different places to do that. And like I said, if you have someone who's on a horse or even a flying unit, yeah, you will want to really, really, really use that. On the map, you see all of like who has swords, who has axes, who has bows. You get to actually strategically direct people around. And it's so nice. It adds like a level, these, the base minimum level of strategy in this game is su such a welcome addition because other games don't have that in this genre. So it, it's I almost groundbreaking, as sad as it is to say that. But yeah. I love that it's there. 
yeah, because sort of because you and I are both of are playing like Age of Calamity, Hyrule Warriors, uh, which is the Breath of the Wild prequel kind of. I've heard some things. I haven't got to the end yet, but I've heard some things going to happen where it's like mm, maybe not the prequel that you're looking for. Anyways, but yeah, like you can. For example, if I'm playing as Link, I can tell Impa, okay, Impa, I need you to go over there, and you will fight those people. But then Impa will just stand there afterwards and not do anything. And then I'll have an alert be like, oh, no, Impa's in danger. It's just like, wait, she, what? Whether, uh, whereas I could take, say, a Frederick or a Marth or a Sita, I could just be like, okay, Sita, you go over here, you do your own thing. And they're not immediately going to get swarmed or overwhelmed or anything like that. You heard it here first. Sita can beat up Impa in one-on-one. It's true. All, all of these are just some of the things I like about this game. But along with the things I like about... The other thing I like about this game, I need to go into this because it's probably the best part of the game. The history mode. Once you get through the story, because it's just like, uh, I just got to get through this story because it's there. You get the history modes, which are which are maps of old Fire Emblem games from, like, the DS, the GBA, just put onto the screen, and each square or each enemy that's on the screen is a different battle. And you do that battle, it has different conditions, different different victory conditions, different levels, different rewards. It's, it's a very nice thing that they have there, and as you battle, new things might pop up. You might get different traps that pop up, so you have to do things in different orders, and Got to do things different ways. And at the very end of the map, you manage to get a nice reward out of it, like a new character or a new skin. It's something that embraces Fire Emblem's history in a way, which I found really rewarding and nice. And it's also the only way you get to play as characters, not from Awakening Fates or Shadow Dragon. Yeah, well, like, and some of the cool things actually have like alternate scenarios. Like, for example, like during the beginning of Fire Emblem Fates, not talking about warriors here, but in the beginning of Fire Emblem Fates... You know, you have Corrin, and he's in the middle, or she, depending on, you know, what you chose. Um, they. Um, they're in Hoshido when this giant explosion happens. But the Norian characters are, of course, in Nor. But History Mode actually presents you with a different sort of scenario where, oh, well, what if the Norian characters were actually there? Like, what if... Um, I'm trying to think of the characters that show up for this scenario, and I think it's Camilla and Leo. It's like, oh, what what if they were there that witnessed Korn's dragon transformation for the first time instead of, like, Xander, or I'm sorry, instead of Ryoma and um, Takumi. So you get you kind of get some things like that. Or you also have, like, characters that are kind of like stand-ins for other characters. Like, I want to say it's one of the Shadow Dragon maps where... Minerva, she's captured, or she's being forced to attack Marth's army. And in Shadow Dragon, it's just kind of like this generic general guy, but in this game, they made it be Xander. And he's kind of a stand-in for that. It's like, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of neat. I love that this is in the game, because I'm going to tell you a little dirty little secret. On my Nintendo Switch, there's a game that I actually have more hours in than Fire Emblem Three Houses. <gasps> Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Yeah. And so much of that time is spent on those extra maps they added. I love playing those maps and all those different challenges so much. It's some of the most fun I've had gaming on my Switch. And I, I wanted to have that much fun with Fire Emblem Warriors and on these history maps. But that's where I sort of come into my biggest problem with Fire Emblem Warriors. 
really like playing it that much. I don't like the gameplay. The the biggest thing about a Warriors game is you have to enjoy like the different fighting styles and the different characters you're playing as. But I gotta be honest, I don't really enjoy playing as the fire the fire emblem character fighting styles and it's there are only a few that I actually find fun. I find running around on a Pegasus Knight annoying and out of, slightly out of control. I find playing as Robin with his the mage powers. I don't like how they feel or how they come off. I there are so many classes in this game I don't find enjoyable. Even like the Banana Twins, Cromless and Lucina, Martha and uh, Celica. Celica's in this game, by the way. I've, even though they're sword users and they tech, some of them technically have different fighting styles, they still feel mostly the same. And it's really disappointing from that aspect. And that doesn't even go into the other big technical problem I have with this game. When you incorporate the weapon triangle into a game like this, you want to have a different balance of characters. You want to have a good balance. So to have sword users to fight the axe users. You want to have the Pegasus Knights to be with their lances to fight the swords. But the problem is, in the base game, there are three lance users, and they're all Pegasus Knights, and they all use the exact same fighting style. So you have to have that for every single map if they're are a number of sword users. Otherwise, you're just hurting your chances. There are only uh, is it, there are only three different axe users. There's Lissa, Frederick, and Camilla, I believe. Yeah. And I I'm okay with how Lissa feels. Like I'm okay with how Frederick feels, but I don't like how Camilla feels. So it's just, there's so many. There are 15 fighting styles in the base game. I probably like like five of them, and one of the fighting styles I like is the Banana Twins, and it's like, I don't want to play as the Banana Twins, I want to play as a Fire Emblem character. This might this might just be a personal thing. I don't like how the fighting styles of this game plays, and that's the reason why I probably only put like 30 hours into this game as opposed to the nearly 300 I did of Hyrule Warriors. I don't like playing these characters, and I hate it that I don't like playing these characters. Well, I mean, I almost feel like they like crippled themselves with the with the Weapon Triangle thing, because... I mean, I have the roster completely written down here, and including DLC, there's 13 swords, 5 lances, 4 axes, 5 magic, four and 4 bows, and that's it. And, like, some of these characters are just straight-up clones when they really shouldn't be because they could do so much more. Like, there's only one bow-fighting style, and it's shared with three other characters, Sakura, Anna, and Niles. And that's that's a problem. Especially when you consider, you know, we've been, we've mentioned like Hyrule Warriors a little bit, but if you would take the character of like Link, he has multiple different weapons, and obviously that game doesn't have a weapon weapon triangle because it's not a thing in Zelda. But what if you were to take a character like Krom, who can in the base game of Awakening reclass into um, a Great Lord? I'm sorry, upgrade into the Great Lord class, and that gives him an ac- access to lances. There, you would have another Lance user, and you would have another option. Like, what if you, what if you're like really devoted to Krom, right? And you want to use him on this level, but most of the characters are Lance users. It's like, well, I'm kind of screwed now. I'm gonna have to use one of the aforementioned Axe users that I really don't like playing with. I feel like that like cripples the roster a lot. It sadly really does. They have 
here's the thing. They have promotion mechanics in the game with, with how Warriors games works. You accrue supp- different supplies and stuff like that and use them to upgrade your characters, including you get master seals and you use them on your characters to make them stronger, but it doesn't change them in any way, really. Yeah, they don't get, they don't gain access to new weapon styles or anything. They still, they're just, they're just more powerful, basically. And here, here's part of the thing. It's not just the main characters I don't like. It's the villains that you come across in this game. You fight the same villains over and over again. It's not just, you fight the same, like, other characters in the game, of course, but there are characters that are specifically the villains. Those characters are most, are mostly, Darius, a sword user who has the same style of Liana and Rowan. And then you have uh, Garnef, Valadar, and Iago, who all use the exact same Robin mage skill set. And it's so annoying that you could have, if you're going to go in the history of Fire Emblem, you only go with like three mages as your villains? What? They all because they all use Robin's moveset. It's the exact same magic attacks as well. And Fire Emblem is filled with tons of magic. They couldn't have used. They couldn't have even gotten an anima mage. They could. They couldn't have gotten a bishop. There have been enough evil bishops. We fought them in Path of Radiance. Give me freaking Oliver in his fat, balding purple suit. Let me kill him again. And that's and that kind of speaks to another thing where they only chose, you know, these three games. Yet the developers would also tell you that this is a love letter to the Fire Emblem series. But it's really not. It's just Fates, Awakening, and I guess Shadow Dragons here because, eh, why not? Are you telling me they couldn't have given me that lobster guy and make him a Frederick clone? I'm afraid they couldn't. And his name is Walhart. Please res- res- <laughs> respect the name, okay? <laughs> he is the Valmese king. Listen, the dead, the dead came back to life and bent at the knee for Walhart. Respect him, please. <laughs> I'll respect Lobster Man. Whatever card was. But yeah, so it's just like most of your characters feel the same, even with, I don't know, it's just... It's just it's disappointing because you see the potential in the move sets, and I almost feel like I'm talking about Smash Brothers here because you see the you see the potential in the move sets and the different weapon types, and yet it feels like they chose not to capitalize on any of that, and they just said, "Here's the weapon triangle. It can only be this thing, and that's it." One thing that I hope for the future, I I would absolutely 100% support getting a Fire Emblem Warriors too. And if they did, they're going to take a bunch of out, out of three houses and do it. I just hope that if they do do it again, they'll have more to choose from. Because that one, at least at least we got punching powers. That'll add a new fighting style. And they also threw out the weapon triangle for three houses as well. If they're going to do the game like this, I, I want them to add, have the weapon trial because I enjoy the strategy level that comes with it. It's, it's simple strategy, but I enjoy that it's there. But Yeah. For the sake of the game, it might be best not to have it. And I hate saying it. Yeah, and I also think they need to do a better job with the roster overall. They need to capitalize on the popularity of characters here. Because, again, one of the things that the developers said was like, oh, we didn't include characters like Roy or Ike. And I can't remember what that reason was. But then they mentioned DLC, and then their DLC is still the same three games. So All very disappointing, but overall, I don't hate the game. Well, I do hate the game, but I, I, six out of ten. Six out of ten. There you go. I love playing as Navarre. 
That's about the only character I love playing as, because he's like Lin, who is fast, but he's faster. Holy here's how cow. much I here's how much I dislike the game. I didn't even unlock Lin and Celica. You're a monster. But yeah, know. you know, there's I mean there's there's good things about this game. If you ever see this game like on sale, like for like thirty bucks, totally go for it. It's fun. It's a nice little distraction. It'll keep you busy for a while. And the support is one of the things I really like the best in this game because we get characters who are talking to each other who may not ever talk to each other ever again. Like, I, th- I believe we read one on here between Marth and Lynn. We were actually trying to figure out who he had. <laughs> who he read Maybe before. it was Marth and Chrome. It's It's been a while. Yeah, it was either Marth and Chrome or Marth and Lynn. But, like, getting to see characters like Marth and Lynn talk to each other or, you know, have Lynn and Navarre or... Again, it's just, I don't know, it's fun. I like I like seeing the characters from the different games be able to interact. Oh, because of the English version of this game, you get to have Krom talk to Ryoma, and they're both voiced by the same person. So that's kind of funny, too. But let's go ahead and move on to the support. What support can we pick that would celebrate Fire Emblem Warriors for all its greatness? Or all its flaws? Well, I decided... We will go with none other than the Banana Twins themselves, Liana and Rowan. All right. Let's go with it. I assume I will be taking the female voice. Yeah, my voice is a little parched today. Yeah, I think you'd probably be better for Liana. But then again, Rowan kind of has a high-pitched Naruto-esque voice. So here we go. <laughs> Believe it. Rowan, where are, my co- uh, where are my cookies? That's the first line of the support. Yeah, by the way, we haven't pre-read this at all. Rowan, where are my cookies? Yeah. Brilliant characters, brilliant characters, these banana twins. Okay. Put in my acting face. Must read through the dialogue. Rowan, where are my cookies? They were here a minute ago. They were a gift from Lissa. Oh, they were a gift? What's wrong? Why are you making that face? Before you get mad at me, I just want you to know they were pretty gross. How'd you... You ate them. You should be thanking me. I did you a favor. Oh, look, did you did you see that over there? Something's uh, glowing. You really think I'm going to fall for that? Hey, wait up. Look, there. Fireflies. Seriously, Rowan, stop trying to ch- did, did you say fireflies? Oh, it's so pretty. Do you remember that one time Mother spotted fireflies? I, I was so excited. I, I turned around too quickly and twisted my ankle. I do remember. I wanted to carry you home, but Mother wouldn't let me. I just wanted to be a hero, but she was right. I probably would have dropped you. I doubt you could even carry me now. Yeah, I could. But with me protecting you, you'll never get hurt again. I don't know about that. But you are a lot stronger than you used to be. It's hard to believe that you were once a little boy aimlessly swinging a wooden sword. Aw, a compliment. Thanks, sis. You know, you're not so bad on the battlefield yourself. You've kept me in line more than once, and I have a head for battle and I don't have a head for battle plans. Lucky you. You don't have to think about being responsible for so many lives. I'm always second guessing myself, wondering which allies I've let down. I worry about that stuff too. I'm not completely oblivious, but you're way stronger than you think you are. And this is coming from me. You you know I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. <laughs> of course. I'm really lucky to have you for a brother, Rowan. Thanks. Uh, all this talk is making me hungry. Me too. Uh, 
I'd offer you some cookies, but somebody ate them all. We're back to this again? I hope you've forgotten all about it. Not a chance. I think I deserve an apology, don't you? Uh, sure. Let me just... Uh, was that Lissa? I better go. Oh, that won't work this time. Rowan, get back here! I feel nothing. <laughs> Cookies? We spent time in the story with these two characters, and just, uh, I'm... I'm rubbing my temples right now. What did I just read? Cookies. Fireflies. Bad support. Bad support. Oh, the, the brother and sister were sort of nice to each other for like a minute. And, oh, no, he ate cookies. And that now they're hungry again. Maybe they'll give more cookies. Bad support. Why is this? Why, why are there two original characters? And why are they look like bananas? And, oh, my God. I was, try I was trying to be positive. I was trying to be positive, but this is a bad support. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if we did ever get a sequel to this, would you want to see the Banana Twins return? Can they return and get killed very quickly? Yes. Uh, speaking of killing, I forgot to mention one thing that this game has. Something that I never would have expected a, a Warriors game to have. It has permadeath. Yeah. I got shot with an arrow. While being Sita, or Minerva, I didn't see them for a long time because it takes you a lot of money to actually revive these characters. It's a weird choice, but it's like, eh, sure, it's a weird bonus mode. It's a weird optional thing you can do. There you go. If you want to have a challenging Warriors story mode, go go for permadeath on there. Weird addition. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. I think I lost Lissa, if I remember correctly, so I was very limited on my Axe users. Yep, that's also a problem, too. Of course, you can actually turn that off if you want, but yeah. I would rather turn on to the next segment. Ooh, I like that transition. I'm great. And that is Path of Radiance. Chapter 18. Crimea marches. Now that the forest has finally begun to be healed, Bignon can look within themselves to heal fully, and they can finally support Crimea's restoration. Seneki fully supports Ike being in charge of this army, but insists that he has to be given the title of a lord. Promotion time! No, 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 no. Ike is now an official lord and general of Crimea's new army. Alentia shows concern for Ike, but he reassures her, saying that they have experience fighting the Dayan army and won't lose his first battle as, quote, a snooty noble. Fast forward to Dane. Or actually not Dane, fast forward to Crimea, where the Black Knight is informing Ashnard that the Crimean army is approaching. They have a little discussion about Ike not being worthy of gaining so many followers, but Ashnard informs Black Knight, that he wants that medallion and he wants a heron. What do you think about Ashnard so far? He's kind of not really been in the story that much. He hasn't been in the story, but like it's clear he is in charge. The Black Knight is clearly like working under him, and we've seen what the Black Knight can do. It, it, it's not a situation where it's just like, oh, the Black Knight is the real brains of the operation. He's he's going to take over at the end. It's it's no, it is clear. Black Knight works for Ashnard. And Ashnard has a great scary design, so I'm happy with it. 
if you actually have some time, go look up his Fire Emblem Heroes version. Uh, he doesn't have a normal uh, character right now. He has a um, uh, what's called the Fallen alternate, and he looks amazing. <laughs> we start up our, with our battle preparation screen, and in the info section, we can have a conversation with Tanith, where she informs us that we have not fought a true Wyvern, Wyvern Rider yet. So it's just like, okay, fine, time to boot up hard mode, I guess. Uh, one little thing I really like from this game, which is incorporating game mechanics into storyline and into conversation. Ike says he's not comfortable with ordering Tanith and her troops around. So we get the power that, that leads into Tanith's actual in-game power of calling her own reinforcements. Just a little thing, a little bit, little bit of conversation that leads into gameplay. little thing. I like that. Well, it's kind of funny, though, because Ike actually can... he She can call the reinforcements, but Ike's the one that ends up telling him, you know, where to go, target this, halt, don't move. You know, <laughs> so it's it's like he's commanding him anyway, so... Yeah, but those guys steal experience, so I don't summon them. Or they can be used as meat shields. Gasp. In the conversation, we learn that Ashnard was crowned after a tragedy... The royal family died of a plague, but only this distant bloodline guy named Ashnard survived. Huh. wonder if that means anything. We have a conversation with Grayson, and he says he wants to repay his debt to, for us helping the forest. So he, Janoth, and Uki of the of the Hawk Clan join our party. Grayson is amazing. Yep, he is your dancer, but he he's a heron, so just like... Slight, slight twist on how they normally do that. I'm okay with it. Well, you know what he does in combat, right? He heals, and he can also... He's your dancer. Yeah, but if you pick to dance, he will dance for not just one person, but, like, everyone that's around him. Only only when he's in his uh, transformed form. Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Sorry, I forget about that part. It's still amazing, though. Yes, it is. It's time to look at the new map. We've got ourselves charging into a castle, moving around. And at the very end of the map, we see that there's some ravens waiting for us. There's some chests along the way, so make sure you bring your boy Soth or Volk with you. But who's who's that in the middle of the map there? Who, who's, that, who's that sniper that looks oddly familiar? It's our favorite man. Everyone's favorite racist, Shinnan's back. But this time we can kill him. Or we can recruit him, although he has one of the most convoluted recruiting methods of all time. Yeah, I remember there was something wonky about how, how you actually have to recruit him. I ended up having to look it up because I was like, I really want Shannon. And in order to recruit Shannon, you have to talk to him with Rolf and then make sure Ike lands the finishing blow. I made sure that I got Gautry in there to soften him up a little bit so they could have a little bit of a heart-to-heart. -heart. It was nice. Oh, does he have any special things to say to him? Yeah, he's, Shannon's like, dude, be a mercenary. Like, basically, it's like, just fight for who's paying you and something, something along those lines. Just like being cold about like, yeah, we're not friends on the battlefield. It's sad. My Gatry died, so. No, but it, it's a, just a solid map you can worry about. There's one mage who has bolting, so be careful of that. But outside of that, Titania just wiped the floor with people because Titania is just amazing easy map and i got myself shannon back on my squad at the end of the map same the boy is back but he actually 
he actually doesn't want to join you at the end of the map. He basically challenges Ike, and Ike says, Look, if I fight you, and I beat you, you join. No questions asked. He agrees. It, it's only slight, a slightly weird conversation that happens after the map, because it feels like that should happen during the actual fight Ike has with Shannon, because those are the stakes at that moment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's 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 slightly weird, but I'm I'm okay with it. We we got our we got our racist boy back after the map after the map is over. We find Nasir reveals that he sold his ship in, to follow us, saying that it's just beneficial, whatever that means. I'm sure he doesn't have ulterior motives. I trust Nasir. Nasala, after the loss on that map, decides, "Hey, I'm going to watch out for my fellow Ravens, Dane soldiers. You go." tell all of the commanders that we lost here. I'm not sending my people to do it. And meanwhile, back at the camp, Soren accuses Nasir of spying. What? Why would you accuse him of that? You're being a jerk, Soren. Yeah, he's pieced together that Nasir wanted Alencia to make it to Bengion to see if she was worthy of Lagu's support. And she was. But now Soren wonders why he's returned if his mission is complete. But Nasir also points out that Soren might have a secret of his own. Chapter 19. Entrusted. Marching to the Dane border wall, we must take down this wall. And it's called Torgarin. That's kind of a weird name for a wall, but whatever, I don't name my walls, personally. Someone sneaks into camp, and it... Oh, crud, it's the Dane soldier, Har. And he's here to talk to Jill, because my Jill is alive. Is your Jill alive? My Jill is alive, and she is amazing. <laughs> My Jill sucks, so she stays on the bench. So, <laughs> But in their conversation, Harv tells Jill that he's glad that she's forming her own thoughts and opinions rather than just going with the one she was taught as a child. So yay, individuality. We talked about this last time with Jill. We also get to speak with uh, Olki on the info tab. He... And he actually teaches us that the Hawk Kings are chosen by strength rather than blood, which is eh, pretty interesting, I think. Hmm. Wait a second, it was Olki? Yeah. Was there a conversation with Janoff also? Uh, I think there was, but I don't think I wrote it down. I just wrote okay, down with Olki. I'm just confused. You wrote down the Olki one, I wrote down the Janoff one, so I was very confused. Because uh. I just forgot about the Olki one. Because the, the Joff one just had a really weird line where she's like, oh, yeah, we haven't hatched from eggs for generations. Oh, yeah. She's like, wait, what? I'm confused. I'm very confused. And then I think Ike's just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we are all Ike in that moment. Yeah. Before the battle, Nasir tells us, hey, have a hawk talk to Nasala. And as the battle starts... We have a conversation between the Hawks and Rayson. If you have the Hawks and Rayson with you for this battle, which is like, hey, maybe we should talk to Nasala because Nasala's in this battle. I feel like the game's trying to tell us something here. So this battle went poorly for me because it's a battle where you're going south to north, winding mountain paths, and three ballistas and ravens along the way. And I screwed up this map really badly because I played it at 2 o'clock in the morning and I should not have done that. Oof. I've done that before. Yeah, I uh, made two major errors. I thought my Marcia was stronger than she was. And I had I had my uh, full guard equipped to her so that the air, arrows wouldn't do extra damage. 
Sadly, she still can survive two ballistas and two separate attacks to her because I was just dumb. So bye, Marcia, and bye, Full Guard, more importantly. And uh, turns out Nasala moves on his own. He moves within range, and uh, Majinov goes to talk to him, and Majinov got hit by Ballista and died. Or didn't die. She uh, walked away from the battle. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with something here. I don't know if Janov female, so I... I'm just going to say she because I think it's a she, but I, I believe they're a she. I honestly don't know. I would need to get their supports and try to find a he or she in the dialogue. Yeah, I thought I always thought you know, I always thought Janoff was a guy, but huh. I honestly don't know. I feel bad about it because, like, normal. Okay, let's face it: with Fire Emblem characters, you can look at them, and their female designs are usually very female, so you can tell. But like Janoff is like the way they, way he or she slouches. I. Honestly, can't tell by the design. It's okay. I thought I thought Lucy was a girl I, for years, so that's understandable. And I, I could look this up and know the correct answer, but I'm not going to. I'm going to wallow in my ignorance. Actually, let me let me fix that. I, I said Lucia. I meant to say Lucius. Lucius, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Lucius and Raven, man, they're perfect together. Perfect man, the perfect husband and wife. Oh wait, Lucius a guy. They can still be the perfect husband and wife. Yeah, still the perfect husband and wife. Sure, whatever. On the plus side, I've got Shinnin back, and Shinnin is my crit god. Oh, he's amazing. I I use Shinnin in every map. And here are his level ups for me, from point wise. He got four, five, four, seven, four, six. Like he's had amazing level ups for me. So uh, Shinnin and Rolf are going to be crit gods, crit archer sniper gods. My time in this map. Uh, was very difficult because you like you have to stay out of the range of the ballista, but you also have to not be not be able to get in the range of Nasala either because he starts off in his transformed state and his meter drains very very slow because your your objective for this map is to kill the boss and Nasala's not the boss it's some dude with a sword and I got very close to losing Tonneth on this episode on this map but for whatever reason he can attack diagonally. With the wind, with wind magic, yeah, he has range wind wind magic. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I thought he was just a straight up attacker. But uh, Tonleth has amazing resistance because she's a Pegasus knight, or um, is she a Falcon knight? Falcon knight. Yeah, Falcon knight because she's a promoted Falcon knight, and they always have good resistance. So she almost came close to death, and then I said, you know what? I'm not playing this game anymore. I sent up Oscar to do the deed, and he did what needed to be done. But yeah, it is it is a difficult map. Yeah, if you're if you're not careful with the ballistas, you can get yourself overwhelmed. But Majinov talked to Nasala before getting arched to death. Nasala talked to Rayson, and Rayson informs Nasala that Leanne is alive. And Nasala, for the first time in this game, seems legit shook. I didn't. I brought Rayson on the map, but I figured all those ballista. Plus, like I did, I don't know if Nasala would attack Rayson or not, so I didn't want to put, I didn't want to take the chance to put him in range. Thankfully, you you talk to him with one of the Hawks. The next turn, he he moves straight to Rayson, and on that same turn, all of the Ravens will turn green after he talks to Rayson and fly away. So it's very nice, and plus you get bonus experience for each uh, Raven that flies away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, the. We haven't really talked about it much, but like they're like the little challenges in this game that they usually hint at through dialogue will give you bonus experience. 
to deliver and make sure your miss gets to level 20 because healing is slow. I don't, it may have not been this map. It may have been another map, but I have gotten, I got her to level 15 and said, you know what? Let's just do it. <laughs> I am being lame and not using my master seals. And I'm like, I'm going to get them all to level 20 once remote. Well in, my, well, in my mind, for some reason, I keep thinking that this game only has 25 chapters, even though I know there's other things to come. And I don't know why I keep thinking that. I think maybe it's like I'm used to like, you know, three houses and awakening and phase where it's like, oh, there's it's like 25 maps and then you're done. Uh, even, but even even after you get rid of the hawks and the solid or the ravens and the solid, there's this is not the easiest map. The boss is a little scary because he has a wind sword and he's a sword master, so he has crit powers. Yeah, I took a massive risk. I was just like, it's either all or nothing because I think he, oh man, he definitely had. I want to say 15% chance to critical, but it was either that or I lose Taneth. I was just like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to go for it. This is the only map in this game, I think, where I actively went, oh, this is a kill boss chapter. I'm taking advantage of this. I'm killing the boss ASAP. There, there was just too much potentially scary stuff, mostly because I played very poorly. I played this chapter so poorly. But at the end, we've taken the wall. The wall is ours. And within that wall... Is a bunch of gold. The spoils of war. Even Ike's just like, what? I don't... What do you do with all this gold? And Soren's like, you take it, dummy. We won. Yeah. So Ike takes 50,000 gold for himself, and the rest will be used for the army and uh, the mercenary company. He also says that he wants to distribute among the uh, citizens, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I, I forgot that part. Man of the people, this Ike. Yeah, not he, he not doing the best of running a company financially wise, but I maintain. But whatever, Ike takes his fifty k and goes to Volk, or as my autocorrect says, he takes it to Volley. Turns out Volley's job was to, spoiler alert, kill Grail. And we're getting into we're we're getting into some backstory here. Volk informs us that he was hired on by Grail to kill him if he ever touched the medallion, because it turns out he touched the medallion one time. It went poorly. Yeah, he he killed 20 highly trained enemies, and then he turned on his allies and started killing his allies, and then he killed his wife, who in her last dying moment took the medallion from him and just smiled at him and told him it wasn't his fault. So that's the story of uh, Leanne, not Leanne, but Lihran... Loran. I don't know how to pronounce Ike's mom's name. Oh no no, her his mom's name is Elena, but the medallion's called is it called Loran's medallion? It it's Loran's medallion. I just yeah. I wrote Loran's medallion and assumed that oh it's his mom's medallion. That's dumb by me. Whatever. No no, Loran is can't talk about that. <laughs> My bad. We learned a little bit about the medallion. It's a medallion that sort of made with the heron's magic, and it holds an evil god. Yes, so long ago a band of heroes defeated an evil god and imprisoned it within. Yeah, and it, it's glowing with so much energy, it's almost like fire is shooting out of it. It's it's almost like a fire emblem. Like, Ike actually has a hard time believing this entire story, and, he's, and Volk's just like, no, here's what the deal is. It's like, have you ever touched the medallion? Did your dad ever let you touch it? He's like, no, it said my father like scolded him very greatly for it. And then he assumed that, oh, it was just for mist only. So he never went out to actually try and touch it again. 
Turns out Mist is just a well-balanced human being, so she's not affected by it, thankfully. But Grail was. He killed everyone, and he decided to cripple himself so he couldn't be at full strength again. He severed the tendons in his sword hand, so he has to... He can only wield an axe now. And that's the, and that's the reason why Volk took the job, because he knew, hey, this guy's Gawain of the Four Riders. I can't take this guy. And so after his sword almost severed, he's like, okay, now I can take you. And the reason he can take him is because he is not a thief, but an assassin. <gasps> and he promotes, and he gets a little bit of cloth over his nose and mouth. That way we know he's dangerous. I maintain that Volk is my favorite like thief slash assassin design in the entire series. I think he's a cool character too. He is a cool character. I'm annoyed that he charges me money for opening locks, but fine. And he stole 50,000. Do you know how many crafted silver weapons I could have done? We move on to chapter 20. Defending Talrega. So, turns out a spy's among us, Soren informs us, and Mrs. Medallion is gone. So, we, after we find out how important the medallion is, the medallion's gone. Man, frickin' tastic. <laughs> yeah, don't let anyone get a hold of that medallion. Okay. And then Mist goes ahead and loses it. Thanks, Mist. Has anyone seen Nasir? Yeah, well, well, we'll worry about it later. Oh, he was doing tasks in the weapons tent. He's good. At least that's what he He's told good. me. Yeah, I, I, I believe him. I believe him. Uh... We cut to a scene where Petrine is talking about Dane superiority, and she orders that the river be flooded, the, she, the river be flooded and destroy the city so that it just slows us down a little bit. Har and General, I did not write his name down. Shiharan. Shiharan. Shiharan are very much against this, and like Petrine's just like, I really don't care. I mean, you all are just a bunch of backwater people. That are, she basically just lays into them and basically tells them that they're basically peons who serve their empire. And we learn through their conversation that it turns out, oh, Har and Shiram, who it turns out is Jill's father, are not actually from Dane. They're from Binyam. And they moved to Dane about 20 years ago when the after the incident with the forest. Yeah, I mean, they basically came here to escape all that and they ended up in a worse life. Because now they've had to forcibly teach generations of their children and family members and villagers to be openly racist. So all that stuff that we actually saw where Jill where Jill was just like, oh, well, we were taught, you know, subhumans are evil and subhumans are this and that. Like, all that was being forcibly taught to them from Dan. We learned from Shiram that one thing that was of note, he calls them lagoons and not subhumans so that's cool good on you Sharon. Shiharam no idea how to pronounce your name Shiharam whatever we learn from Har that Shiharam was his former commander his former boss we learn from Har that uh, Shiharam is his former commander and Shiharam orders Har to stay out of the battle and to just stay back and if the battle turns out poorly to take care of all of their the fallen troops families and such that, that actually reminds me of something. I don't like it's like it just came to me because I don't think I wrote it down. But uh, a couple of like a couple of chapters uh, in this playthrough ago, after like Jill ends up meeting with Har, like Mist goes and tells Ike, and Ike's just like that's probably her former commander. It might be better if we keep Jill out of the battle for the next few battles, just in case. Because I think Ike wanted to spare her, you know, from killing her own countrymen and stuff. 
And I spared her from that, mainly partially because she sucked and partially because bad stuff can happen if you have Jill in the, this battle. I think hmm. I had her in this battle. Oh, then uh, do you have a uh, a support with Mist? I do not. Then you didn't trigger this event because if the boss of this fight is Shiharam, Jill's father. And if you have Jill fight him and you do not have an ace support with Mist, she will join the enemy. Oh, wow. That didn't happen. Then you, you didn't fight Shiharam with Jill. Oh, wait, no. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't deploy her on this map then. It's a simple enough map. Just left to right. There are a couple of houses along the way. I There are only a few troops to worry out worry about including some killer a killer bow paladin which yes. i kind of put tanith in range for accidentally <gasps> but the paladin missed so i'm very happy <laughs> i should not have played this at this point it was about three o'clock in the morning <laughs> but you managed to go through this kill all the units including jill's father and you managed to close up the floodgates saving the people alencia's Voices how she wants to help the people. Ike says he wants to give supplies. And Soren is just, what the heck are you doing? Because Soren is Soren. Yeah, I've, I've already expressed how I feel about Soren. I just, I don't like Soren. We have a very cool little conversation between Ike and Jill, where Ike just straight up tells Jill, hey, you have the right to seek revenge against me. I get it. Jill, do, Jill doesn't give a definitive response, but it seems that she is cool with Ike. And it's so it's so weird if you really think about it, because Jill's really just kind of a rando character that joined you. Like, she's not part of, like, the main cast. Yet, she kind of has all these little story moments and stuff. I really like that. She has great side story stuff. I love, that. this is why I love Fire Emblem. I love characters. They give me good character moments. And Jill is, has great character moments. But, and I love that Ike is like, yeah, I, I, he's basically saying, yeah, I'm doing this with the Black Knight. I get it. After this conversation, we have Har talking to some of the survivors that it's been 18 years, but it's time for them to return to Benyon since Dane and Crimea are not options. There's also a bonus scene where we learn that Jill's last name is Fizart, where like this woman comes up and she's just like, Miss Fizart, you have to get revenge against the Crimeans that they came through here. You know, we're so glad you're alive, yada, yada, yada. And Jill really doesn't have a definitive response for him because Jill knows that the truth is that they're trying to liberate you know, she basically kind of sees the horrors of war and she doesn't really know. At least that's what I think is like, she doesn't know whether she wants to seek revenge or not. That That is a good bonus. But I think that's in the next chapter. We shall get to it. Oh, okay. I don't have it wrote down here. Uh, I will say with the next chapter, I think I played through part of it and then fell asleep because when I started up this chapter again, I just had wrote down, the chapter name, and that was it. So I don't actually have any ch notes for this chapter. I think I pulled a U, was playing it too late. But to finish up chapter 20, we go to Dane. We go to the Dane capital and see that Petrine is there, and she informs Ina, who we haven't really seen Ina in a while in the game, but she's the Dane tactician young girl. Yeah, pink hair. Yeah, but we we don't see much. We don't see as much of Ina in this game as I think the game wants us to. I think the game wants us to remember more about Ina, but eh, whatever. It turns out Ina's now in charge of the capital. We get a scene of Ina alone, and someone named Unknown, Unknown, gives Ina the medallion. Who could it be? 
Ina responds to Unknown by saying, hey, you're free, you're good. And it's Nasir! What? What? You all bought it. You all bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. You all bought it. No, he doesn't do anything like that. (laughs) Chapter 21. Without a king. Uh, So, the... Some general guy named Kasantai wants one of the four generals in charge of the capital with the king gone, and he doesn't feel that Ina is ready. But then Ina turns into a dragon, and it's just like, okay, you are you can be in charge, Ina. It's cool. Ina says that Ashnard isn't attached to Dane, that he just was totally cool with leaving it to ruin and letting it being captured, basically. And she reveals part of Ashnard's motive. He just wants war. And is going to drag Binyan and all of the subhuman continents into it. Day, Ashnard wants war, not for for Day, but for Ashnard. Next up, we get next up we get the scene you were just talking about. A woman comes up to Jill and Ike and tells them about the flooding and how it was all crying Mia's fault. And she's not, even though they're handing charity and giving supplies to her and her family, she's not going to take them. She threw it all away. Even if she has to eat mud, she's going to get revenge on those dirty Crimeans. But I'm glad you're safe, Jill. I'm glad your manservant with blue hair over there is okay, too. Yeah, that's funny. But it's it's not the first time that people have seen Ike and be like, he's the, he's the general? Nah. Uh, I, this is, I love this thing. This is just a good scene that just shows some of the horrors and the mindsets of war. Thank you, game, for making, adding more dimension to all the characters, even to the random Dane civilians. It'll come in handy for next game. We get a scene with Miss. She's all sad. She lost the medallion. Then, oh, hey, Monsieur, what are you doing here? He doesn't really say much, but then once Ike and Mr. Al, the picture, he quietly set, asks them for forgiveness. I wonder why he would want the, that, but eh. We arrive at the castle, and they basically let us in. We know it's a trap, but it's just like, hey, we're, we're going to go in anyway. Charge. Here's where we actually have the scene with Ina revealing she's a dragon, but whatever. Ina reveals she's a dragon, and we get ourselves a fun little map. It's a spiral map. Just start on the outside, spiral around on the inside to go face the boss in the middle. Make some stops along the way, grab some treasure. Grab a lot of treasure along the way and cross over the moat, because I guess inside of this castle is a moat. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. It was like... That's... What... And isn't isn't Dan up, like... Well, you know what? Dan's kind of, like, northern, so maybe that's, like, clean water that runs through the palace. Maybe. It's a, it's a weird choice, but sure, there's a moat. And on this map, we have a new recruitable character. It is a general who... I don't, Tarantino, but I always pronounced him Tarantino. <laughs> I always call, I always call him Grand Torino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Grand Torino just talks to Ike eventually. You, you move around and collect your treasure. He's near the end of the map, but he is willing to move and try to kill you. And he does kill my, uh, he uh, killed one of my guys. He killed, uh, <laughs> he killed Maureen. No. My, yeah, I. There on this map, there are also some uh, mages and bishops who will cast sleep spells. And my Marim got slept in a really bad place, and he got crit by uh, uh, Grand Torino, and his spear, which he wields. So, I actually didn't know Grand Torino was 
um, recruitable. Spoilers for Radiant Dawn. I knew he was playable there, but I didn't know he was actually playable here. I just happened to like, I think I had Oscar and Ike leading the charge and he started moving. So I moved them back. And then once I, once I was like, okay, I can hit him with Oscar. Then I can hit him with Ike. I ran up, I ran up to him with Ike and it, and the talk option showed up. I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. has a nice little conversation with Ike and, he tells like, hey, I've seen your swordsmanship once before. Yeah, it was my father taught me. Oh, do you have any siblings who can also sword fight? No, I only have a little sister. Okay, then don't want your swordsmanship to die. I'm joining you. Well, this works for me because, remember, Braum and Gatry died, so I have no armor knights. You got some defense, and you also got a guy who has, a, like, a silver, it's like a silver blade and a spear, so it's worth recruiting for those alone. And he also comes with an occult scroll, too. Oh yeah, so that's very nice. This 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 boss is super easy because she only has one range. So it's just like, well, it's time for me to grind Rolf until he promotes, and I did. And Rolf <laughs> is a sniper now, and he and Shannon are crit gods. I had a lot of trouble with her because I felt like none of my none of my units could do any real meaningful damage to her. So I had to just like whittle her down. I had uh, Lagu's bows on both Shannon and. Uh, Rolf and they not mowed her down but chipped away at her until she used all her elixirs and then finished her off yeah I had um, I'm trying to think of who I had finished her off I think Ike finished her off and I think I was wearing her down with like throwable weapons well we managed to defeat a big scary dragon and we're about to try to get some information from her but Nasir comes in and protects her as she runs away turns out Nasir was the traitor the whole time well uh, it's not all bad because Nasir informs us to go to Palmeni Temple, whatever that means. So I guess we're going to Palmeni Temple for the next chapter. But in the meantime, we cut to Crimea where Patrine is with Ashnard and Patrine is scared bleepless, which is really nice because she's been the super cocky, super demeaning enemy, but she is absolutely terrified to be around Ashnard and his dragon. Which he threatens to have it eat her. I, I, is it, is, is Ashner, is that a wyvern or a dragon? I honestly think it, it, it's probably a wyvern, but maybe it's just a super big and scary wyvern. You will find out. I forget. I honestly forget. You'll find out. Yep. Uh, we learn about the his a little bit more history about the fire emblem and he has ordered the black knight to go get Leanne, but he has warp power. So it's totally cool. He'll be able to do it. No problem. Probably. We have a good line from Ashnard telling Patrine, you can be a general or you can be dinner. And that made me smile. It's just a good line. He's not playing games with her. Yeah, if you've got a wyvern, you you can say that to people. And Ashnard knows that Ina is probably not super useful for him anymore, so he orders Ina's death. And that is how the chapter ends, and that is how our section of the playthrough ends today. Really? I thought we had another chapter. I thought we only did four. Because really? we had 12 chapters left, and I thought we were going to go 4-4-4 four, four, four and have two more Path of Radiance segments. Oh, okay. Well, I had I had Chapter 22 notes down. <laughs> well, save it for next time, because I didn't do Chapter 22. And I had actually, uh, I've actually already started on the next bit of chapters, because I'm on Chapter 24. It's a... <laughs> I wasn't just in a... I was in a mood to just play this game, so I, just, I was just like, I might as well take the notes while I've got them. I'll catch up, so... Uh, next playthrough, we'll do the next four chapters, which is chapter 22 through chapter 25. 
All right, that sounds good. I I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I love this game. This is such a good game. Yeah, some sometimes it's a little hard to play because you know SD to HGTV, but you know it's um it's really fun. Well, seeing how that I already have some of the chapters already played. Next episode should be here sooner than you think. With all that said, you can follow us on Twitter at KD Corley, at Planordo, and at Emblem Supports. Chapter complete. <laughs>